Hello, welcome to the Love Rosie podcast, the show discussing the 2014 film Love Rosie, five minutes at a time, with Ellen Asprey and Luke Allen. Hello, welcome back to the Love Rosie podcast. Um, I'm Ellen Asprey and I'm joined by Luke, as always. Hello. Yeah. Um, and today we're going to be reaching, is it 30 minutes? Yeah, what's happened? Why have Which we got here so quick? <laughs> it's crazy. We're going to be almost finished. Sad yeah. times. We need more guests. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We definitely but, uh, do. We've got a few lined up. We have. We just got to find out when. Not going to mention. Not going to mention anything though. No. Today we're going to be doing something different. We're going to be doing the questions of the week first and see how that happens. Goes. I mean. Yeah, we get uh, tangenty enough, so why not start with the tangent? Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So the so, question of the week was: What is the saddest film you've seen? Um, and I noticed with that that there is a, a a slight crossover between the fact that I think some people might be answering what's the best sad film you've seen rather than what's the saddest film you've seen. Okay, it was yeah, a random I thought I had that. the other day where it's like because yeah. I because I was trying to think and the one I've settled on I think um, I'm not sure there's one there's one I'm thinking of at the moment. Uh, which I wouldn't say is one of my favourite films, but I think it's one of the saddest films. Okay, and that yeah. that was the difficult balance to get, because like about time is sad in places, but I, and I love mm-hmm. it. So I could say yeah. that's the saddest film, but it's not really. Uh, but this, hey, I'm, taking I'm gonna this say though, too seriously. <laughs> no, no, it's fine because literally I was thinking about it and I was saying to myself how I think Love Rosie is probably my favourite sad film because it's not that sad. It kind of hits the good points. Of yes, sadness, and yeah. I think that's why it's probably my favorite one. It was on my list as to ones I'd possibly say that I was like, no, that's really boring. <laughs> uh, I mean, well, apologies um, for just calling your answer boring if that is your answer. But I think you put another one on our Instagram, didn't you? Yeah, I did put. Another... Yeah. They're not supposed to know that. Oh, sorry. They're not supposed yeah. to know that. Not supposed yeah. to know that. Um, so yeah, what 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 answers have we had? Okay, so on Instagram, I'll do you want to read out the Twitter ones first and Facebook ones? Because you haven't spoken that much. I don't mind. So, okay, so over on the old Facebooks. And let's see Twitter first, because Twitter will have less, if any. Yeah. Let's find out. Over on Twitter, Johan Joseph has said, Dear Zachary, also Stranger Than Fiction with Will Ferrell. There's something about the whole lack of steering your own destiny that's sad. And I hadn't okay, thought about that. I, I'm trying to think if I've seen Stranger Than Fiction all the way through. I know of it, but I don't know if I've seen mm-hmm. it. And I, Dear I've Zachary, I've heard of, but I don't remember much about. I think Stranger these are all than... films I've never heard of, so that's uh, interesting. I think Stranger Than Fiction is like a guy who f- finds out he's a character in a book, and that all mm-hmm. of his life is being written. It's it's a very meta film, but um, yeah. And then uh, Cat A List, that's a good name, um, says Jude the Obscure. I have not heard of Jude the Obscure, um, but that's interesting. We'll have to find out. More about that. Um, and onto can, Facebook. Yeah, let's go over yeah. onto Facebook, where we had a lot. Also, thank Facebook. you so much, guys, for uh, responding. Yeah, it's this fun. Is, it's this fun is hearing so your lovely. answers. It turns yeah. the the stats into real people. Um, yeah. I'm aware that some of these people who are answering probably don't listen to the show, but do follow us to support us. And either way, that is lovely. Um, yeah. Uh, but if you ever want to listen. I don't know why I'm telling them on the show to listen to the show because they're not going to hear me unless they listen to the show. I know. Um, but uh, maybe this will be our clip for the week. Um, who knows? Perhaps. Uh, well, we we don't decide. Um, I feel like so... I say perhaps every time you say that. Perhaps. Well, I need to just stop saying the same thing anyway, and then you you wouldn't maybe. have. 
Okay, so over on Facebook, Brian Lockhart says, There are plenty of sad movies that have tugged at my heartstrings, but I have to say <laughs> United 92 was probably the worst for me. I knew the story because of real life, but got caught up in the drama of the film. And for a second there, you might think they you would think they might actually save the plane. And even though I knew how it would end, the movie wrecked me when the film ended just like real life. So then Jack Stovold says Grave of the Fireflies. I'm not familiar with that movie at all. Um, but that comes up from someone else's answer later on. So clearly this that is a very sad one. Um, Sarah Black says probably My Girl or Sto- Toy Story 3. Um Toy Story 3, yes, but because of one moment. Once again, I feel like that's a good sad Toy film, Story 3 is not sad. No, and Toy Story 2 cry. is better than Toy Story 3 as well, I'm going to say. I feel like, is it the first one when um, Woody loses his family? I'm trying to think. Well, it's the... Um, Toy Story 3 being that bit at the end when he give, Andy gives all the toys to Bonnie, I think, is probably what she's referring to. But... Perhaps, but there's a there's a mm, mm, no there's a part in the first one that's sad. Maybe I was just young. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know what I'm um, talking about. But the other one she mentioned, my girl. Yeah, I'm not gonna. It's, I agree it's... with that. Yeah, I agree with that. Yeah. I'm glad. You... Have you seen both of them? Yeah, I love my girl. I've it's been a long time yeah. since I've seen it, but yeah, I I've watched it, but my sister keeps telling me to rewatch it, and I'm like, mm, no, no, because it's too sad. It's too yeah. sad for me. It's them bees. I, I know. I, I know. I'm not going to say anything more in case any of our listeners have not seen My Girl, but those bees. Curtis Blaze says, Romeo and Juliet, ugly cried for an hour. Um, I, he means the DiCaprio Romeo and Juliet, which I've still yet to see. Uh, oh, okay, Baz that was sad, but it, it's only sad because everybody fancies Leonardo DiCaprio, so that's the only reason, really. Well, I mean, obviously, because they both die, but, you know. I was going to say there's another film on, the, on, on that someone suggested, which also involves Leonardo DiCaprio dying in the end, so, you know. It's... Oh, there you go. Shocker. <laughs> <laughs> and there's another film directed by Baz Luhrmann to come up as well, so there is consistency here. Um, nice. Jim O'Kane says, Breaker Morant. He says, woof, tough ending. I don't know what what he means by that. I don't know what Breaker <laughs> Morant is. I don't know why he said woof, whether that's a typo or I, I what that don't is. Um, Robert E. G. Black. I, I feel f- like oh, woof is like 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 whoa, like oof. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's my example of it. <laughs> Whereas I read it as woof, top end. <laughs> I don't know why. <laughs> Bloody hell. Right. There's a, How there's many a, left? There's, a, there's, a there's so many. I don't. Uh, we're about halfway, I think. Halfway, <laughs> guys. This is a bit too much. <laughs> Robert E. G. But yeah, could you guys have answered our question a couple of weeks ago about embarrassing things you've heard in public? We would have had more answers for that. Would have been nice. <laughs> yeah, we had like uh, four. Um, so, no, that's good. That's good. That's good. Yeah. So Robert E. G. Black, who is my former co-host and the kind of distributor, exec producer of this show. So hello, Robert. Uh, he says Hello. surviving, misunderstood, Grave of the Fireflies, and parts of many others. So this is the second time Grave of the Fireflies has come up. I still have no idea what that movie is about, so I will give that a, a search never up heard of it. later I'll on. I'll be honest, I've never heard of it. Jonathan Carlyle says Simon Birch held that high honour at the time for me. It's cinematically sad, not grimly devastated or anything. Bridge to Terabitha sad. Oh, oh, Bridge of Terabithia. I don't think Terabith- I've seen it. Terabithia. Terribly. Yeah, I don't. I'm not familiar I don't know how with to it at all. It. You haven't seen it. I haven't. I. I don't think oh. I'm even aware of it. What? It's like um. It's like a. 
Oh, everybody's seen that film. Come on. Hang on, I'm going to give it a search just to see if something, if it suddenly like clicks something to, to me. Uh... I, I would say the characters' names, but honestly, I've kind of forgotten who plays them. But they're very recognisable faces. Oh, it does look vaguely familiar, but I don't know if I've seen it. It really annoyed me, though, because it was never real. And when I first watched it, I always thought it was like a real thing. But it was just like in their heads. And I found that bit a little bit strange, honestly. Like I will watch list it. Okay. I will watch list it. Eddie O'Keefe commented saying the wrestler. Hello, Eddie. He says the wrestler still breaks my heart. I've not seen the wrestler, but he has talked about that. Surprised he didn't put the Muppets. Or Shawshank. Um, I've never seen Shawshank Redemption, but I really need to see it. Like, I desperately need to see I it. I bought the DVD this week because it's been ages since I've seen it and my mm-hmm. D- DVD vanished. And I was in Asda the other day and they had secondhand DVDs and it was £2. And I was like, I'm going to buy myself Shawshank. Um, um, Sean German says Ghost World. I've yet to see Ghost World, but I do own that and it's on my list to watch. Rob Maythorn says Aniaria. Hang on. Aniara messed me up for a long time. I'm not familiar with Aniara. Simon FP says, uh, saddest film I've ever seen was The Last Snows of Spring, which is a story about a boy that suffers with leukemia and dies in the end. Hope I haven't given too much of the plot away. You have, Simon. You have. Um, The whole film is ruined. (laughs) um, Austin Pryor says, my all-time biggest weepy is Seven. Oh, interesting. He says, uh, not joking, what's in the box? He knows what's in the box. Horrible tragedy, exquisitely timed, perfectly acted, kills me every time. Not just weeping, but blubbering and convulsing. Oh, the catharsis. I think I'll watch Seven again tonight. (laughs) Literally us when we were talking about Love, Rosie. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no. that was a conversation we had this morning. But we were chatting about Love Rosie, and we just we both like, kind we of need said, to we're going to watch film it again. again. <laughs> <laughs> um, wow. Okay, that was that was a really intense answer. That one. It was seven, though. That's interesting because it's not that. I mean, it's sad, but it's not like sad mm, in a sad, yeah. crying way. I wouldn't say. I've got like two... more of like what has just happened. Yeah. Sad. I've got two more left. Um, One is my sister and one is my mum. So here we go. Oh, okay. My sister uh, said... uh, Let me guess, let me guess. Okay. Hobbit. No. Oh, okay. She she suggested two. Um, Dead Poets Society was the first one. I I can agree with that. It's pretty sad. I don't know what it is, but... It's a a great Robin Williams movie. She also suggested Moulin Rouge, which is a, a good film. Baslam, I have but it's no idea very, what these films are. It's very, very weird. It's okay. it's a very strange movie. Which I maybe it's watch, like, maybe it's because I I purposely avoid sad films, like on purpose, because I just I can't think do it. We also realised that we both had like very different film upbringings. Like for like the other day, for example, like those those films that you had on your watch list that had been brought up, those were my like my parents so are many... just like dishing them out. To yeah, me and so like, many oh, of yes. them were like key films a few years ago for me, and kind yeah. of vice versa with ones we've had here where you've said you've seen them and I haven't. Like it's so fascinating the stuff. Um, so my mum said Titanic, kind of obvious answer, but oh yeah, okay, that is that's fair. O- that's obvious, but I feel like people would forget about it. Yeah. That is and... such an obvious one. I'm so happy she said that. Okay, and then um, then she suggested Beaches, which is fair. Beaches. Is I haven't sad. seen Beaches, but I it's from I know about that film from the to-do list. Oh, okay. Which I mentioned on um, the, the Room, room minutes. minutes. Yeah. What have we got over on Instagram? Okay, so we haven't got that many for Instagram, but I'll read them out nonetheless. So my sister, Lily, has put the Green Mile 
Yeah, that's a good one. And Pay It Forward, which I haven't seen. It's on my list, though. I, I'm trying to think. I like Pay It Forward, but I don't remember it being sad. That's weird. I, there's little bits, maybe. I remember it being just really sweet and fun. It's a, not fun, yeah. but sweet. Uh, but yeah. Also, my... Okay, I put this on my watch list, and I'm going to mention it. Sorry for the viewers that just don't care. But I'm going to mention it. My nan is obsessed with this film, and it's called Who Will Love My Children? Hmm. It's a really old film. But apparently it's really sad. Um, I'm just looking. It's got it's... one review. Because I was just seeing like, that. It's like it's TV literally movie. got one review. Um, oh, it's a made-for-TV movie. Okay. Yeah. Interesting. It's really old. It's a really old film. Um, but I'll watch list it also. Callum Brady has put up. Yeah, but it's also just 20 minutes of one film. The rest of it... No, no, it's sad. It's sad. The it ending is. is sad. The beginning is sad. Well, to be fair, I, I can't remember much of the rest. I just know everyone talks about the beginning and then seems to forget everything else, which is the same with me. But okay, that's fair. Um, but I would, I would say, I would say Zootopia is a or Zootropolis. I don't know which one it is. It changes in different countries, doesn't it? That one. Um, I'd say that's similar. I cry at that one. I don't, I don't know. I guess I'm just a big wimp. I don't know. Anyway. Don't think um, I'm. I, I I think I said before. I don't know if I've seen all of Zootopia, so I will. I need to. Basically, you haven't seen it. It's about a bunny. I don't know the bunny cop. I've seen. I've yeah. seen bits of it. I know that like my family will have, have watched it, but I don't know whether I watched it all with them or whether I was like in and out. I don't know. It's a shame. Yeah. I need to, and I shall. That's probably my favorite. That's my favorite um, Disney film. Little still little, finding uh, Nemo inside. Okay, that's fair. I feel like we've mentioned this before in a podcast. I think so, I don't, but I don't know when. <laughs> Which one? No, exactly. Yeah. We probably just repeat ourselves all the time. It doesn't matter. Anyway, Shannon McBride put All the Bright Places. Have you seen that? I don't think I'm familiar with that at all. Hang on. Okay, so it's on Netflix if you haven't seen it. um, Okay, it's not that... It's sad, but it's not that sad, in my opinion. And I, I'm a wimp when it comes to films. Uh, Polly X Doyle put The Pursuit of Happiness. She put, this is the like only one I've I can think of that. right now. I feel like I've seen that, but I don't know. I if watched I've seen it in that. the cinema. Um, it wasn't. I didn't cry. Again, I'm a wimp, so I don't know. Hang on. Yeah, that was 2006. It came out. Oh, what? Oh, I'm thinking of a different film then. Cut that. <laughs> Wait, no, really? Apparently, yeah. I think um, there's another Will Smith one because there's one that yeah, I'm thinking another... of. You're thinking of the same one as me, aren't you? I think so. I'm going to check. What's that called? Could it be? It's not Collateral Beauty, is it? Yeah, that's the one I'm Collateral thinking Beauty. of. Collateral Beauty. Yeah. Collateral Beauty. Yeah, that's the one I'm thinking of. With uh, Kira Knightley. Yeah. Yeah. When's that out? Twenty sixteen ish. Twenty sixteen. Yeah. Oh yeah, that's the one I'm thinking of. Very good. Yeah. Yeah, that that was exactly it. We were on the same train of thought there, which is like I, yeah. I thought I thought I've seen the pursuit of happiness until I just checked it and I was like, nope, I've seen Collateral Beauty. Yeah, that's <laughs> what I've seen. That's quite funny. Anyway, you can probably keep that in. I don't know. Maybe we just look Maybe like idiots not it. knowing. Um, and then I don't know how to pronounce your second name, Elliot Auxent. I think. I yeah. think so. I'm so sorry if that's wrong. Um, but you put wild strawberries. I don't know what this film is. Hello, it's Future Ellen. Um, I'm here to warn you about my Skype audio now that's coming up. 
I apologise, my audio cut out, I'm so sorry, um, but please enjoy the rest of the episode. I put up, but I'm going to change it, I think, hmm, what's, what's the second lesson? I, I think, I thought of it before and I was like, had it in my head. This is going to annoy me. Okay, I'm just going to say yours first. Uh, so you put, P.S. I love you and the world's greatest dad. Yeah. World's Greatest Dad has one sad bit about half an hour in. Overall sadness is P.S. I Love You, uh, which is uh, based on a book written by Cecilia Ahern, who wrote Love, Rosie, uh, well, Where Rainbows End. And if I just say, are you aware of what P.S. I Love You is actually about, by the way? Or not? Okay. So it's it's her best-known book, like, a mile off. And it's um, it's about this woman who's played by Hilary Swank. And basically her husband, played by Gerard Butler, has just died. And um, But he had like a terminal illness for about a... Like they're both quite young. They had a terminal illness for about a year. And so he decided to create a journey for her for the year to help come to terms with his passing. So like he leaves different notes and messages for her and like different letters to make her travel the world and revisit where they had all their lovely memories together but create new memories and even just saying it, it oh it's so sad but so sweet and it's oh it's it's a it's a lovely lovely one and it's called ps i love you because the end of every single note and letter he wrote her he ends it with ps i love you and it's just oh it's 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 wholesome sadness but i also think that at some point i need to get you to watch it because it's cecilia Ahern and i will need uh, to watch it and i'm gonna try and read the book at some point am i okay um, to read some sad films out yeah. that, we've, that we've just forgotten about sure okay so, just the list found is it or um yeah i just picked out a list but they're like films that you know everybody's seen so the boy in striped pajamas no one mentioned it no once again i don't know how much of that i've seen and how much i've just absorbed mm. has anyone said shinder's list no Oh, that's such a sad film. I haven't seen it, but... I felt like someone said it, but now I can't find... <laughs> that is find... so dramatic. Why did I do that? Yeah. I've never seen it. Oh, that's such a sad film. The Notebook. Yes. How has no one mentioned The Notebook? That is... I nearly mentioned it, and then I decided not to, but... Ooh, yeah. For some reason, I once I watched that on a... There was one day, um, probably about a year ago, um, and I was just feeling down for some reason. I don't know why. And then my thoughts. This is the thing. You watch sad films when you purposely want to cry. If you watch sad films for pure enjoyment, you're a psychopath. I'm sorry. It it was strange because I sat down. I sat down to watch it and I was feeling in a bad mood and I knew it was sad. And then as soon as I came out, I was like, why did I put myself through this? I loved it. But also, why did I put myself through this? But yeah, I'm surprised I didn't like the notebook didn't come up. When was it? I watched it. I watched it June last year. So yeah, nearly a year ago. Um, so the next one's Marriage Story. Have you seen that? Yeah. I, what it's did I not that give sad. It? I didn't cry at that, but it was quite sad. I liked. Um, I just one. liked the filmmaking style. That was it, really. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Um, the the one that gets me most of the time is The Fault in Our Stars. It gets me every single time. I've like still only seen it once. In the heart and it kills me every time. Mm. I've seen it once, but remember finding it really sad. I remember coming out of it and needing to watch like an hour of comedy to just calm down. Um, yeah. What else was that? Uh, the Fault in Our Stars yeah. always reminds me with If I Stay. That was that's quite sad. Yeah, If I Stay is quite sad. Um, and another one is Call Me by Your Name. I still have not seen Call Me by Your Name. Oh, okay, 
I won't mention anything then, but it, it's it's a very sad family ending. It's just it's not sad. It's just upsetting. It's just heartbreaking. But mm. I, I, I can't explain it. It's not like a like a crying because someone's died. It's like a more like oh, I'm so sad for this person because they have to live like this kind of. Yeah, they have a good life, but you know what I mean. Well, I, it, um, yeah, um, what was the other one? Sorry, I've interrupted to say something, and now that's come completely out of my head anyway. So, continue. <laughs> okay, um, and then the one that I actually watched recently was A Star is Born. It's been a while, I watched this for a while. I still have not seen that. Which oh, okay. version did you watch? What do you mean? There are, like, there are like four of Star is Borns. Oh, the newest one with uh, newest Bradley Cooper. Yeah, yeah, there was one in um. 1937, then one in oh, 1976. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So then one in 1954, then one in 1976, and then one in 2018. Every generation. Stories? I think they're the same. I'm not sure. They're yeah, roughly possibly. similar, but I, it, it's supposed to be that like every generation has had their version of A Star Is Born, which I think is really sweet. Yeah, that's quite interesting. Oh, it's on Netflix but, now. Can we just? Well. Yeah, it is. that's where I watched it. Um, but I find it really interesting because Lady Gaga can act very well. Mm. She's a great actor, in my opinion. Um, although the ending really irritated me, and I think some people will understand where I'm coming from for people that have seen it. Because um, it's kind of like a huge build-up of sadness, and then it just stops, and then it's oh. sad again, and it, that irritates me because it's like I've started crying and now I've stopped. Yeah, I don't know. Also, Baby Teeth, sad film. Still need to. <laughs> Still need guys, to see it properly. Here I am mentioning all these sad films and I don't even watch them. Yeah, I know. It's, it's, so it's, you watch them? Yeah, I've got loads to say. Yeah, you've got yeah. more than I have. So by this time, you've probably forgotten what this podcast is about. I for so sure. I'm going to go right into it. <laughs> yes. <laughs> We're reaching minute thirty today, which is exciting. Yeah. Probably, but exciting. Um, so let's get right into it. Have you got anything to say the very first bit? Um, just want us to keep an eye on the candle again and remember that I, very clever You saw my thing, didn't you? I, I did. I, I skimmed through your notes and I was like, yes. <laughs> so at this point, the candle has burnt out. Has it? Was it lit, lit before or not? Um, It wasn't lit at all, no. Oh, what? Oh, I thought it would have worked if the candle was lit and then it kind of went and then it would have been like... Oh. No, it, we, it, we, we opened the sequence last week um, with mm -hmm. just the candle. We had a close-up on the candle, but oh, it looked okay. as if it had been burned out. It looked as if it had once been lit, but it's not going to be ignited again at this point. But the, the opportunity was there to light it, but it was not, which is like she had the opportunity to, to, to strike that something. match into her life, yes. but she didn't, and mm -hmm. thus... It's it's just there, pointless. Mm, she's she's chaos. an, you know, at the moment her life is an unlit candle. What's the point in an unlit candle other than just waiting to be lit? Which is what she is. She's waiting to be lit because at the moment she's just in a waiting phase. And I'm making this up on the spot, but sounding enthusiastic with the hope that the listeners won't it notice. Sounds, it sounds very happy with this. Yeah. yeah I think you are very happy with this. Yeah, um, it's one of my happiest things I've written ever. Because it's like we're Have not being very life. film students. <laughs> we don't really sound like film students right now because. All we're talking about is things that are so noticeable in the film. And pesto. Just expressing, just ex and, and pesto, obviously, and pesto. And my mind. Yeah. And sad films, which, quite frankly, have nothing to do with the film, even though it's a little bit sad. But anyway, we're talking yeah. about <laughs> <laughs> We're talking way too much. Uh, so, 
we open with Alex saying, I think she likes it. And Rosie says... Don't you care what she's going to think about you rushing off like this? All right, what, what is it? What? When you're defending Bethany, what's wrong? I think nothing's wrong. I thought you'd be happier. <laughs> Run away, you Boston! <laughs> I, I'm in two minds about Alex, this scene. Mm -hmm. Because partially I am like, oh, why aren't you reading Rosie? But then also, this is a massive moment in his life. And it's like, of course you're going to be focused on yourself. And you can't really, you can't really blame him because mm -hmm. if he knew what was going on with Rosie, of course he'd give her his attention. But at the moment, he hasn't put on the moment to know because he'd told himself this was the day of him sharing his news. Yeah. And he's so overwhelmed with everything that's happening. Like, he's got Bethany, like, the hottest person in the school. He's going to Harvard University, one of the best in the world. In the mm. world. The world. And, like... Yeah. All he can think about is like, wow, this is insane. I want to tell Rosie. Which, yeah. in a sense, you can look at this and think, oh, okay, so maybe he does care and he wants to like express how happy he is. But on another note, it's kind of like, does he actually care about Rosie? Yeah, it's it's interesting. Um, and uh, there's also some music that's very, very faint in the background, but I have no idea how to work out what music it is and I can't be bothered to learn. Um, mm -hmm. But yeah. Because that's normally my research is working out what music's in each scene, and I just thought I can't even care this time. It's very, very faint. It's just background noise. You won't even notice it because there's just so much going on in this bit. He says, um, "Why are you defending Bethany?" It's like, why isn't he asking her if she's like? He's asking her if she's all right, but not about her. It's about are you all right? You're thinking about Bethany. He's also vilified his girlfriend in that, in a way. Mm, yeah he kind of yeah he did like it's only passive but i feel like at that point it's not even like joking it's like he's genuinely just seen her as a bad person at that point yeah like he, he knows rose doesn't like her but yeah <laughs> it's great it's great really well done wait, wait come on you're coming too my flight's in three days which gives me time to get settled in before term starts you need to go ahead and book your ticket sure I am. Uh, we've got some stuff to sort first, but I'll be there. I I do like this overall. This whole scene, really, it's it's lovely. Yeah, I like this bit because it kind of expresses a lot. Because I feel like a lot of people, like Eddie as well, when he said it was kind of this point where you just think he's such a dick. Uh, but yeah, so should we go straight to the airport? Because I have a lot of airport notes. Did you did you spot by the way before before we prepared our notes? I said to you there was one point where her accent slips. I didn't notice no. Okay. I didn't. So I'm excited to see where this is. But yeah. Um, I feel like when Alex is like we're going to Boston when he says it really loud. Yeah. And he's saying it so excitedly. Excitedly is that a word? Yeah, I know what you mean. I think so. He's so excited about it. It's kind of. Like, he really loves her, and he wants her to be there, and it's like, he's so eager about it, and he's just so happy for them both. It's so sad for it Alex. It does kind of, this is what I mean, like, it kind of, I don't know, this is why you have mixed views at this point. Like, you're, like, so confused. Yeah, because first time, yeah, first time I rewatched this sequence in prep for the notes, I was like, ah, oh, Alex, come on. And now, like, the more I'm watching it, it's like, actually, I feel so sorry for him. Because I'm also... My, my emotions in this 
parties very up and down. Yeah, I'm also imagining the moment later on. So, you know, when we find out that he was told by Bethany that Rosie has a child. Yeah. Imagine how bad he must feel. That he didn't realise, that he wasn't there to support her, that he'd gone off and she felt like she couldn't tell him. Imagine how horrible that is for him. And I feel really sad for Alex all over again. I'm sorry, but I love the part when he comes back. Oh, no, it's brilliant. It's an amazing scene. And he he finds the breast pump. Yes, I love that bit. Okay, Mm. we'll we'll cut this bit because... That Got bit just makes that, me so yeah. happy. It's like, oh, yes, Alex is back. Oh, it is one of my, my favourite like, jokes in the film. Yeah. yeah. It's, a, it's a great laugh. Um, it gets me every time, yeah. Like, yeah. Um, so... Back to the airport now. Yeah, Alex where Rosie says... Harvard, um, Boston. Uh, Rosie says... Don't get blown up by terrorists. Okay. Or lose cabin pressure and fall out of the sky. So that was the line. Fall out of the sky sounded very American to me, the way she said it. Fall out of the sky. Out of the sky, yeah. Yeah. But so I... You don't notice it that much because everything is so Americanized now. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's an easy thing, an easy slip-up that we could have in our own pronunciation yeah, on things, exactly. I think. They filmed in Dublin Airport to accommodate yeah. the production's modest budget and tight schedule and had to follow on screen for the film's US and UK airport sequences. So both airports were actually filmed in Dublin Airport. Oh, okay. um, but well, airports are huge, so I mean, yeah, yeah. Rosie, all flying to a flock of birds. I mean it. I, I can delay if you need me to. Which one's again so sweet? That's really, it's nice, like yeah. he's willing to delay everything. No, you're getting on that plane. Close your eyes. Close, close your eyes. Give me your finger. Okay. Keep it there. And he hands us this globe. Now, did you notice the significance of the globe? Yes, it's from the beginning. Yeah, yeah it's from the beginning. I was just... uh, also, one minute and 12 seconds into the film, mm-hmm. we see them spinning a globe and pointing. Yeah, it's like a little thing they have. And I think that's so cute yeah. and so sweet. And actually, once I watched it, I went to the globe downstairs and I did it. And I <laughs> forgot where I landed, but it was like somewhere in Africa. I think Africa, maybe. I don't know. I made that up. Anyway. I don't think I've got a globe. I have like a really, really nice one downstairs and I don't know why. I don't it's just there. It's it's a bit weird. Anyway. Um what was I it? wanna get a globe key ring now. So be I nice. have one a globe just, key ring. Just on my car keys or something. Yeah. Okay, if if, if either of us find one, buy two. Yeah. And we'll, and we'll we'll have it as a well we'll have to find a way of selling our own globe key rings as merchandise. Imagine. That would probably be impossible. But this is but the thing that confuses me, right? So she spins the globe, and then she's like, "Oh, North America!" But your whole finger is covering covering the whole of America. I'm so confused. Like, how can you just say, "Oh, North America"? What? I mean, it's a coincidence. Also, obviously. also, my, yeah, my thought my thought was just that's convenient. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it could have been anywhere. Yeah, I know. <laughs> it was like, how many takes did they do? <laughs> Probably a lot, but like, I just feel like her whole finger was just covering the whole of America. You know. I found a globe key ring online. Oh, wow, he's been looking. £2.95. Decent. Yeah. Is it the same? Does it look the same? I'll, I'll screen share Please for a do. second. Please That's it. That is literally the same one. I might I might buy it. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's it. <laughs> Pretty much. Oh, well, there we go. Probably break within I'm two gonna... seconds, but... 
Yeah, I'm gonna keep Add my eye to your on basket. that. <laughs> Watch this. seem like very long like is he only just going for two weeks settling in and then coming back like who has the money to fly back and forth like that i thought she was going to him in two weeks oh maybe no no she oh maybe she, did she say that because he still lie? he because i think he still thinks that she's coming she's going down okay that was how i saw it because that's why he was saying i can delay it is because he could wait for her to be ready to come yeah because in the last scene they had you're coming too and she says yeah but i gotta sort a few things first yeah. So my thought is that he still thinks she's coming. Oh, okay. That would but, make sense, wouldn't it? Yeah. But either way, like, there's no financial struggle here. Like, yeah, the, the idea that there's he'll not. just be able to change his flights or whatever. It's it's typical rom-com, feel... really. You don't want to see rom-coms where people are struggling for money halfway through the film. Like, it's just... It's too real. <laughs> yeah. um, I'd also like to note the fact that he's flying with Emirates, I assume. It looks like it. Which is... Um... A Dubai airline. Yeah. If, yeah, I don't know. You can search it up if you want. I don't know if that's right. It's probably a wrong fact, but it looked like Emirates to me. I've flown... I haven't flown with Emirates. I've flown, flown with um, Qatar before. This is going to be Qatar. What am I talking about? So I'm smiling and nodding and knowing <laughs> nothing about airplanes. Basically, Emirates and Qatar are quite good airlines and quite well-known and quite used. It's like British Airways. Anyway, I'm just talking about planes too much. I don't even care that much. Oh, I do care because I like travelling. But anyway. But yeah, he flies with Emirates, which to me proves that he's a little bit rich. Because surely he'd just get on like a Luenthiasia. Actually, that's quite an expensive flight. I don't, I don't want to. Yeah, but I, either way, he's a student and he's just living this rich lifestyle. But I mean, like it. he's yeah. going to Harvard. I mean, Im- imagine the cost to move to an American university. Yeah. I think it's like 52 grand a year. Oof. I've looked into it. And I can't. Oh. Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> so that's that's you know you're looking at a grand a week there. Yeah, that's... it's ridiculous because it's obviously like the um accommodation. Yeah. And. But like I I yeah he, he didn't have a scholarship. Was he applying for a scholarship? Oh, he got a scholarship, didn't he? So he's there for free. Yeah. Oh, that makes sense. Anyway. Or at least <laughs> he's thought. getting considerable money off. Yeah. But even then, it'd probably. But either way, like, I guess yeah, I guess he's probably. Yeah, he's probably using his own money for the flights then if he knows that he's getting there for free. He's able to to treat himself a little, yeah, I, I guess. So. Yeah, it's interesting. Um, so at this point, when he walks off, where uh, Ralph Wegenmayer's motif in the score that we hear as our theme tune for the show, the do-do-do-do-do-do-do, as that starts, Rosie's there looking sad but also happy for him. That's the moment I was sold on this film. I can tell because as I was watching back this clip for making notes, all I could think in my head constantly were the words, I love this film, I love this film. And so that's the point that that won me over.
It's a lovely, it's a lovely musical motif. Though. I love it. It's really nice. It's really catchy too. Mm. I think it is. The other day, I was. Um, so We've missed the fact the that they hug and, was... and they're about to kiss. You've just skipped that bit. Come on. Luke. Oh, why did I not Come write on, that Luke. down? This I nearly... is the most important to... bit. This is what you yeah, should have grabbed. I you. meant to. <laughs> I meant to write in my notes that that moment mm-hmm. is the entire film encapsulated in like it twenty is. seconds. It is. So is it, the so... are they gonna? No, they're not. But the tension's there. But mm-hmm. they're gonna miss yeah. it. And it's just so it's right after the, the globe is. Uh, she points at the globe and she's like North America, even though it's like the full of like the whole of America. Anyway, um, and they hug and it's like a friendly hug, and then they like they get really close to each other face wise. They're about to kiss and it's like they're gonna kiss. No, peace kiss, and then nothing happens and it's like oh damn it, isn't it? And it's it's really nice though. I really like that shot. It's really good. It's like oh no. It, but like you said, it encapsulates the film very well. That, just I that can't believe I forgot to mention that or write that in my notes I at all. <laughs> I think what was I, I doing? Too much coffee. I think I was. I think I was basing all of my notes around the dialogue, mm-hmm. and so because there isn't any dialogue here, I just then. didn't think to check. But anyway, um, so I love how unexpected it is for Ruby to return. She was such a random side character in I, one scene. To be honest, I didn't expect her to return at this point. And I think yeah. it works really well. And I'm really happy that she meets her again. Because it's like, oh, it's yeah. back in the pharmacy shop. Kind of where she can actually become herself and say all her feelings. Which we kind of want to hear because we haven't really heard much about her yet. Because all we've been seeing is her and Alex. And at, f- at first I was like, why isn't there already a pre-established friend? But then I realised, but that's Alex. She's instantly gone to have to replace Alex yeah, for someone it's, else. It's weird because her and Alex are kind of different now. Like, she's hiding a lot from him and that's when we begin to kind of somewhat, we know her feelings but we don't actually know what she's feeling. And at this point... It yeah, and we it. need yeah, we need a character as a reason for her to do it because unless she was going to give us loads of narration... yeah. We wouldn't get the chance. If I told him he'd never have left and his whole life would have been ruined too, I mean, what's the point? I don't know, but I'd have forced the bastard to stay. Oh, no, no, he's not the dad. It's just some other loser. Oh, you are turning out to be a lot more interesting than you look. I mean, just get rid of the thing. My parents are Catholic. I don't believe in all that, but I can't. My thought was exactly what she ends up going for, which was my thought was, why don't she put it up for adoption? Oh, okay. Interesting. Which is, yeah. But I really didn't expect that to be a route that they were even going to consider because you don't see that very much in films, really. Mm-hmm. Um, the thing is, I feel like as soon as you, the, the soon as this was said, I you're going to keep it, aren't you? If you give birth to it, you go through all that pain, you have it in your arms, it's like, boom. I think it. I actually wasn't sure, which is what okay. surprised me. Um, but um, I didn't yeah. know at this point, but I know later on. Like, I... I, I I like know that she's going to keep it later on. I think the scene when she calls her K two was the bit where I was like, yeah, all right. Oh really? Um, I think so. It might have been even that late. I'm not sure. Uh, it was just because I I, I went into this. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that's fair. Oh, I had it all sussed. Move to Boston, study, get a great job. At 27, come back and open a hotel, then get married and have kids. And I've written a note as to shall we try and keep track of this list and see how many of them she actually fulfills by the end of the film. Yeah, let's do it. Let's do it. And then through each thing we'll be like, oh, she's ticked another point. 
off the list. Part of me kind of wishes that everything on that list happens in a different order. That would have been so cool. That would be ideal, would been... but I mean, that's that's the whole point of the Yeah, it's not how baby, life works. It? Yeah. yeah, and it's, yeah, um, it's not how life works. Wow, a whole life in bullet points. And yeah, so well, now it's points me out. A whole life in bullet points, that's literally me. I agree. I, I organise and schedule and plan everything. Mm-hmm. I, I looked to that and I was like, yeah, yeah. I resonate so much with that. <laughs> and I'm, I literally say like, this is what I'm going to do next year, this, that, this. And I, I just, I don't know, I hope. Yeah, I, I say these things as well. And I'm like, there's no way of knowing these will actually happen. But I think, that's I think the plan. That's why I got sad at this point. Because I was like, oh, what if none of my plans go ahead? I'm just going to be an utter failure. And this is the point which makes me sad is when she lists everything that could go wrong with her. Not wrong with her, with just like her life. Well, now it's pregnant, have strong, full-time mother, wave goodbye to career, live off benefits, grow fat, lose hair. Yeah, no, I agree. I think it's it's really fascinating because, as we've said before, she has an ideal life. Mm-hmm. It's just not her ideal life. That's what I mean. And this, that's this what's is, so I have sad. Such high, I have high standards, so this really resonates with me and I just get really sad about it. It's like watching her living her life and being her being sad about the life she's got is like when you look back, say, at like high school or whatever, and you go, mm-hmm. that was really good, but I hated it at the time. Why? And that little kind of angry voice you are yourself as to, why, did I, why didn't I like it, is exactly that's, what we're feel feeling like... about Rosie. I feel like that's why I did in lockdown. I kind of just realised that you kind of just have to live, live yes. today. <laughs> yes. And just take and it all that's... in. And take all the opportunities. Mm. Um, although my friends had a go at me for saying that because apparently you shouldn't take all the opportunities. I don't know. Why? <laughs> they said it's stupid to take all opportunities because, I don't know, you might get a better one if you don't, if you take, like if you take it, I don't know. you might get a better one afterwards and you're able to take that one. Yeah. Might as well just kill yourself now. I can sort the drugs. <laughs> this is so dark, but it really enlightens the situation. Yeah, but what's weird is if this is only the second meeting of Rosie and Ruby, that's yeah. a really brave joke for Ruby to make. I know. I just want to say, I did say a couple of weeks ago that Ruby was a drug dealer. And, you know. Well, I mean, she technically is because she works at a pharmacy. But yeah. she's not an illegal drug dealer. But... Even in her joke there, she is suggesting providing the drugs that have not been prescribed. So therefore, Ruby is in fact an illegal drug dealer. And my theory is correct. Go, Ruby. Sorry, I shouldn't say that. And so I I love the silence here where um, Ruby then says... Look, there's loads of people out there that want a kid that can't have one. Give it away. And there's genuine silence here of her pondering. And you don't get that much in films. It's just genuine silence of people thinking. And I love it so much. There's a pause and then then Rosie says... I could still move to Boston. I could apply to college again or or get a job. I don't care. So it would all be the same just six months later. I mean, I don't even need to tell Alex. I could just think of an excuse. Whoa, that is major denial, babe. Yeah. I just happen to think it's the way to go. And I always forget that it was always her plan to not tell Alex at all, even from the very start. And I don't like that. I don't know why, because he yeah. knew about the co- the condom situation. Yeah, that's very true. I think she wants him to carry on with his life and doesn't want her to be holding him back. But I think mm. she should still tell him. Yeah. 
I feel like that's the right thing to do. Mm. I don't know. I just this is the point where, like we've mentioned, we just feel, we just feel bad for him. He doesn't know what she's going through, and it's not necessarily because he hasn't asked. Because even if he asked, she wouldn't say anything. And we no, know exactly. now that. Yeah. So it's like. But the situation at the table, it's kind of like, if he asked, would she tell him? But now you're like, oh, no, he, she definitely doesn't want to say anything. Yeah, well, it's interesting, because at the table, she started with having... With, he says, I have news. She says, me too. So at that point, I think she's set on telling him. But then when she yeah. sees how excited he is, it breaks her heart to think that she could take that away from him. Yeah, and she's ruining it. And she's ruining it. Yeah, that, that's, how, that's how I see it. It's interesting, because I think... We we are both wanting to say that one of them's right and the other one's wrong, but that's just not the case. Yeah. Should we talk about how this is a much nice, nicer lit than it was last time we were here? In the oh um... yeah, actually no, I find it quite dark. Do you not think she kind of walks from the dark? Yeah, but I, either way, it's not like it's it's not the bl- loud blasting music and the lights off and the like the reds i can't remember what it was but it was a very like we because we said in that initial scene that it looks like the most dodgy place ever and now it looks quite nice so yeah it's interesting it still looks a bit dodgy in my opinion yeah yeah it looks a bit messy i know they're stocking stacking shelves so it might look better in the end but it just looks very messy it does look messy but then again like ruby doesn't really seem like the responsible type to own a pharmacy so yeah. i mean she says she's she can supply the drugs to her a customer. yeah exactly so, technically a customer. then we cut to some snow and we hear let it snow let it snow let it snow which was written by jules stein and uh, in 1945 and performed by tom gay bell I love this part. It just skips to Christmas. And it's just... It basically skips the whole pregnancy, pretty much, doesn't it? The whole pregnancy, which I quite like. Because it's like... We just want to see the baby at this point, don't we? And we want to get all this pain out of the way. Like, what am I going to do? Um, So anyway, at this point, we see snow outside the house. And I really like this bit because it's like, oh, Christmas. I love it. Nostalgia and stuff. Um... And then we go into the house. What do you what do you think about the house? I I like it. I think it's it, it's a very kind of typical rom y house. See, I think it is so ugly in the sense that it's tacky, but it works. Oh, actually, yeah, it works so here. But actually, cozy. yeah the the actual design and the like the wallpaper and everything is so ugly. It's so like, ugly and so tacky. Yeah, the, 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 the Sorry concept to any that someone... whose house looks like this. I think it's quite cool. I like it. I think it's really cosy, but it is kind of ugly and tacky. Yeah, well, it's, it's like, yeah, I like it within the scene, but the concept mm-hmm. of Alice Dunn going out with Dennis Dunn or whatever and picking that wallpaper and, like, that yeah. idea, like, to specifically going, this will this will be what will make the room look nice. But this is the confusing is thing, very because are, are we back in time? That was kind of like, mean? wallpaper like that was... Like, 70s, wasn't it? Like, 80s, 90s, maybe? Mm. I don't know. I just maybe. All the centuries. All the decades. One of all them. All the decades. Um, I just said centuries. But, <laughs> but it might be... Um, yeah, I know what you mean. I'm not quite sure. I, mean, I don't know. Maybe they haven't redecorated for a while. 
perhaps. Or maybe it's just other... a house they can't redecorate. They've just had maybe. it for years. I don't. Yeah, know. Yeah, or or maybe they just liked it for some reason. But it's it, it feels works. cozy, but it's also um, so there's it. it, it this seems is very conventional, doesn't it? Do you think? It does. the The initial I like the initial shot of them all sitting down, but it's it feels very staged. I don't know why. It just feels it to me. I don't know okay. why it does. There's just some feeling of it about it. I mean, I I understand it because of Rosie being pregnant, but I also mm-hmm. I I really feel for the one brother who's just have to sit on the floor. <laughs> it's this just... is the thing. This is the thing. I just think in Chris at Christmas time, you all sit down to watch a film. And I just think that's how you kind of do it. You just sit on the floor if there's no seats and you just kind of watch the film. And the mum in the background is also kind of with them because it's Christmassy. They're all happy Christmas and stuff. So they're just all together. Do you not think? I think that's kind of normal. That's kind of how I perceived it. Just cosy, more family. My initial thought was that the film they were watching was supposed to be Alien. But then they say when it, it burst out of her instead of burst out of him. So now I'm not sure. There's a film. There's a film that I've not seen, but I've seen the trailer of, and or maybe like a clip of it, where a woman gives birth to an alien, and it's really gruesome, and it's like maybe two aliens or something. And that's I kind of a film that I like. Thought it was. I know what you mean, but I don't know what it's called. It's a really gruesome film, apparently. Is it? Th- is it Things? It's a film called Things, uh, from 1989. Um. Which is uh, an impotent husband with a, f- a fantastical no. desire to um, no, force his wife to undergo a dangerous experiment with the birth of a multitude of monstrous things. No, because it's not forced. It's kind of... Well, it is forced because she has alien babies. But I don't know, it's weird. I don't know what it's called. I don't know. But I feel like there are a few, so it could it could be like that, yeah. <clears throat> I guess. I guess it's just... It's a very, I think it's an age old joke about alien is the idea of yeah. women watching it when they're pregnant. Um, let, so that let, was us kind know, of my let us know if you know the film that we're on about. A, a woman gives birth to two, I think it may be two or three, I don't know, it's quite, quite a few babies that are aliens and it's really strange. I don't know what film it is though. I think I saw it in a movie, movie minute. No, no, not a movie minute. Um, what are they called on YouTube? I know what you mean, but I can't. Like a, it was like a movie YouTube thing, and it was just saying some of like the weird horror films or something. Yeah, that I watched. I, I watched so many of those like random like top ten films that <laughs> blank or well, well, I was watching one today where it was like top ten films you wouldn't believe were based on a true story, and it's like it's the most clickbaity title ever. But also, I'm still I'm I'm officially clickbaited, and I'm watching that. And this is the thing: like once you start, and then you you just can't stop watching them. Then it's like ten. 10 worst horror films, 10 best horror films, 10 gruesome horror films. So Have you told him? I'm sending him my arrival time and in Boston. That's all he needs now. So are we to assume that she's now pretending that she was going to come and see him? And then she's going to say, oh, sorry, I can't make it or something. I don't know. Yeah, I'd like to see how she approached telling him that she wasn't going to Boston. Which actually, in terms of things we don't see, another thing I was interested in is I would have loved to have seen her parents when they find out that she's pregnant. If supposedly they are Catholic, like she said, that would have been quite interesting, I think. Yes, why did we miss that? I don't know, because I feel like... 
I don't know. Maybe it's because of the Alice and Dennis dynamic. Because they'd do the same again, wouldn't they? It'd be Alice being like, oh no, I can't believe you've done this. And Dennis being nice and caring. And I guess they don't want that again. I guess don't know. So. I feel I like that's how it would be. I feel, I feel like, like Alice would be stressed and Dennis yeah. wouldn't. But I love how supportive they are about the whole thing. It's so nice. They are supportive, which is quite nice. But I just... That, now you've brought it up, it kind of seems weird that we didn't get to see it. Because that's kind of... That's kind of... Yeah, because that's kind of like a point. Having a child in a family at such a young age is kind of like a thing where it's like parents can respond in multiple ways. Maybe that's why they didn't put it in. But I, I kind of also like that we don't see it, I guess. So I'm in, I'm in two minds. All this fibbing is going to catch up with you, though. And I've just written good old Alice Dunn saying exactly what we're all thinking. I literally said which it does. <laughs> yeah. Because I don't get what her plan is here. I still think it's the stupidest She idea. has to know that he's going to find out. Like, I mean, he's coming back for like Christmas break, isn't he? Yeah. Christmas holidays, whatever they call it. Um, yeah. So it's just, I don't know. Mm. I've just she... read your next note and I completely agree with your next note which is what are the boys called again because <laughs> I've written I've written in my transcript brother one and brother two because I, I just John, couldn't be bothered John, there was Joey was one of them oh. I the other one I said were you about Bob. to name oh I thought I, for a second I thought you said John I, I, for a second I thought you said John Paul and I was like you're just naming Beatles now <laughs> it's just like no you know Gary and Joey uh, eh I swear it's changed Maybe. I don't know. I don't what? remember that either. Well, I think eh. But... See, I've watched Geordie Shaw recently and I keep saying <laughs> eh. Oh, I don't know why I watch that crap. Whoa. Why did that thing burst out of her? That might happen to you. It might. Oh, belly of a rat. Blood and guts. This freakish alien. Leap out. Bite your head off. Stop it, the pair of you. Pregnancy is a sacred thing. It can't hear us. Yes, it can. And don't refer to it as it. It's a girl if you must. And then we, we must, cut that. Must know. Must know. That's the tipping point for me of knowing that she's going to keep it. Because oh, really? It's that when was your it's, point. I mean, obviously, this kind of goes into the next bit, so I apologise because I'm ruining yeah, the next no, episode. Fine. But the baby moves at this point in the tummy. Yeah. And I think this is a point where she kind of falls in love with it. And does she? Yeah, call I think Katie that little. Point? Does she call it Katie? Um, I think it, I think Katie comes here about when um, she's lying in bed with the hiccups. I think. Oh um, yes. I'll have to yeah, check. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I, I think, I think a hint of me at the point when it starts kicking made me realize that mm-hmm. oh maybe she'll keep it. But it, it was when she does the when she goes oh Katie girl that was kind of the, the hit point where I was like hmm yeah. I, I either thought. She, I either thought, yeah, she's going to keep it, or it's going to be a really emotional handing over of the baby. Have we got anything more to say about this scene before we move on to our films of the week? No, that's it. We okay. finished. We finished the scene. Oh, hey. 30 minutes in. Scary stuff. Do you want to go first? Um, no, you can. You can. Okay, so my film uh, stars Sam Claflin alongside Gemma Arterton and Bill Nye. Because, uh, of course, Bill Shocker Nye. There. Yeah. <laughs> um, and it's a film, don't know if you've seen or heard of it, called Their Finest. Um, no. No. Okay. No. This 
So I was aware of this for a few weeks. I became aware of this a couple of weeks ago. And I was like, this sounds like a film that's made for me. And then um, literally one of the posters in our class, like the, the you know, the posters with the different, like where they show like snippets of posters and things. Yeah. Basically one of the pictures on the wall in our classroom was the poster for this film. So okay. I then was like, okay, I really need to see it. And I went to Asda the other day and I was randomly chatting with my mum because I was just helping her with the shopping. And I said, you know, there's a film called Their Finest that I really want to watch. So if we ever see it about, I need to pick it up. And that very shopping trip, I was about to leave the shop. My mum my mom said, oh, look, Asda is selling secondhand DVDs. And for £2, they had Their Finest. And I was like, Insane. so shocked. Um, so it's about, it's set, it's set in World War Two, And it's about a female screenwriter who's asked to make a propaganda film and ends up like turning it into a big feature film project. And it's about like this female writer trying to make a film to lift the public spirits during World War Two. And Bill Nye plays like a really stuck up actor who just doesn't mm-hmm. want to be directed. Oh, that's Sam weird. Claflin is Because an he's assistant. normally like yeah. a nice person. Yeah. Yeah. And Sam Claflin is like I think he's a co writer um alongside um Gemma Artson's character. And they end up having like some romance and it's and it happens there, but I don't know. I was watching it and I watched the entire film with like just a massive smile on my face. And then I came out of it and I was like, I think this film was made for me. And it's it's got a, it's only got a six point eight out of ten on IMDb. But I think I um I think it's one of my favorite films. I don't I won't ever officially. This sounds so awful to actually have this as a thing. I heard it once said by uh, Mark Kermode, the film critic. And I've I've just started agreeing with doing this. I won't officially count a film as my favorite, one of my favorite films, and until at least six months after I first saw it, because I think that's, thinking... that's the amount. Yeah, it's yeah. the amount of time you need to kind of let it lie and see whether you still like it. Mm-hmm. Um, so technically, I can't even count Love Rosie as one of my favorite films yet. <laughs> um, but um, I weird. I think I think Their Finest will be considered one of my favorite films. I just loved it. But yeah, what is Ellen? What's so your film mine... of the week? Okay, so this is kind of tonally similar to, if you have you seen Hot Summer Nights, Timothy Chalamet? No. Oh, okay. Um, if any of the listeners have seen this, that film, this is very similar. Um, but it's called Big Time Adolescence, um, directed by Jason Orley. Oh, you mentioned this. Have I mentioned yeah. this before? Uh, I think so. No, we were chatting last week, and you mentioned it. While I would have my Now TV trial and I didn't get around to seeing it. Okay, yes. Um, see, okay, I like this film because it's I don't know. I I like it because it's quite it's quite comical and I just enjoy this type of film. Um, it's about I mean a lot of people won't like it because it is about drug dealing and stuff like that. But I think I don't know. I quite like the cast. It's got you know it's got Griffin Gluck. Uh, Pete Davidson. It's got a good cast. Um, and I just, I don't know, I like it because I somewhat liked Hot Summer Nights in a, a certain way, but like a lot about... God, I don't know what I'm saying. I don't actually know what I'm saying. I'm just speaking, but I don't know what I'm saying. With your mentioning of Hot Summer Nights, I don't think I've actually seen anything with Timothy Chalamet in. Timothy. Yeah, Tim- Timothy. Sorry. <laughs> T- I keep saying Timothy. Timothy. I, I, I've been saying Timothy. Timothy. Is that... but either I think way, it I don't is actually seen... pronounced that. Maybe it is pronounced that. I don't think I'm going through now. I don't know if I've actually seen anything with Timothee Chalamet. I know loads of them you've mentioned, but I just say Timothee. I don't, I've not. It's that's irritating. Okay. That's irritating me. <laughs> I've not seen. You've seen. You've seen probably. Um, have you seen 
King, I think it might be The King on Netflix. No, I think oh, I know what you mean. I guess it's like a period drama. Period. Yeah, film but I, I, I don't know. I don't think I've seen Lady Bird. I might have seen Lady Bird, but I don't remember. I don't know. Right, right. So that's so funny, right? So when you know, in the first lesson of film, when we had to mention our favorite film in lockdown, so I was going to say Little Women because that was the film that I couldn't stop thinking about in the whole of like the whole of lockdown. I loved that film. But then as soon as I get into the class, I forget about that film and say Ladybird. <laughs> and I remember coming out of Ladybird and thinking, it was good, but it wasn't that good. So why <laughs> the hell did I say it was my favourite film of lockdown? Um, but this film, Big Time Adolescence, I would recommend it because it's a good kind of late night watch, I think. Um, yeah, just go watch it. I enjoyed it. I feel like it's going to be one of those films where some people don't, some people do. It's like a Marmite film, I reckon, but I liked it. So go give yeah. it a watch. Why not? And I will give it a whirl. I don't know why I said it like that. I will give it a whirl. I've added it to my watch list. Thank you for thank thank you for listening. Our socials are as always at Love Rosie Pod, um, everywhere pretty much. And then you can find our personals there. What's our question for this week? We talked about music a bit about the 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 score in that scene at the airport. So we could maybe do like what's everyone's favorite like film score or something. I don't know. Or your favorite if we say soundtrack instead of score or something else. I don't know. I just feel like we should be fairly broad because favorite, then we sound- get a favorite lot of soundtrack. Favorite soundtrack. Let's do that. Favorite soundtrack. A lot of people are going to say Guardians of the Galaxy. I've guessed it, but uh, we shall see. <laughs> oh yeah, that's going to come up. Yeah. I think Baby Driver might come up. Baby as well. Driver. Let's mm-hmm. not let's not name them all because we are going to guess them otherwise. Yeah. But I'm, my bets are on one person at least saying Guardians of the Galaxy. Yeah, yeah. and I'll say the same. That my bet's on someone saying Baby Driver. Yeah, that's and a good one. That's a good I'm going to try and come up with an answer that isn't about time, even though that is my answer. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I feel like they'll anyway, No, it's not. Goodbye, listeners. Thank you for listening. Have a nice rest of your weekend. The Love Rosie podcast theme is performed by Ethan O'Mahony and is a cover of Reprise from the Love Rosie soundtrack, originally composed by Ralph Reganmayer. The Love Rosie podcast is produced by Bottle Productions and is distributed by Lemon Drop Studio. For more podcasts and blogs, visit lemondrops.com.